After a decisive win, should we be looking at the Buccaneers differently than we were over the last month? That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this WTSP Wednesday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at Jarko underscore Bucks. He is Evan Klosky at E Klosky WTSP. You can find me over at BucksNation.com, where I am the deputy editor. And, of course, you can find Evan on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10TampaBay.com. And you can now join the Locked On Bucks Insiders, where you get news, the inside scoop, and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. And uh, I am always excited to welcome new insiders to the club. I've had some really great interactions with Bucks fans and listeners of Locked On Bucks that have gone beyond just the show or the Buccaneers. So join the Locked On Bucks insiders now and be in the know all the time. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Bucks to sign up. The link will be in the show notes. And of course, we are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. We want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply so there was a football game that occurred on sunday that was was. quite possibly the polar opposite of the football game that the buccaneers played the sunday before and they did just about everything you could have asked of them uh, against the Titans, especially on the defensive side. They forced the Titans into tough situations. They capitalized on most opportunities. They left probably uh, probably about three or four takeaways on the field there. But they had the pass rush buzzing. And then on the other side, they were a few Mike Evans drops and a bad Baker interception away from maybe dropping 30-plus points again. So, Evan, while there's still things to clean up, should we look at the Bucks through a different lens now than we were over the last month or so leading up to that game? I think no. Um, now, I want to be completely transparent. I've got through about half of the game on the All-22. Uh, really ugly film rushing in the interior. I mean, they couldn't get anything. They put six, yeah. six in the box, and it was just, like, stuffed. So... Uh, there was a little on the the more creative stuff. Uh, I, I found some things that worked. I thought Dave uh, Canales was a bit slow to get going. I didn't like his play calls in the first couple of series. Then when you had that touchdown to Rashad White, the uh, the screen, I thought that whole drive it wasn't it wasn't long, but that whole drive I thought he was in his bag. So it it kind of goes back to the same thing for me. You can't really run and the offense should be better than what it is, but whether it's a penalty or a missed throw or so on and so forth, there's just some inconsistencies that really bite them in the ass. 
and Baker, who I think, and this is going to be a rant for after the season. We're going to see how he does here down the second half. I think there's an argument that Baker has done a good enough job to where maybe the Bucs want to use him as a bridge QB and really kind of work on some other things with their team that they need. Tight end, edge, uh, safety. Like there are some really notable issues with this team that need fixing. And I don't know if quarterback's number one on that list. So I thought, you know, I think Baker Mayfield has been very good this year, but he has been very bad throwing a deep ball. And I thought that surfaced again on Sunday against the Titans. Uh, maybe a below average game for him, honestly. I'd probably put that into, if we were to split the season in half, right, his his top half of best games, his bottom half of best of, of, of worst games, I would say it's probably in the bottom half. So it's good to win with a bad Baker or a below average Baker performance. But he has to start hitting these deep shots. Um, there was a miss to Mike. There was a miss to Trey Palmer on a third down, uh, which I think Trey could have caught. But still, the deep interception was a bad decision. Oh, it was so he, didn't, bad. He, he didn't really he wasn't able to step into the throw because uh Tristan's Tristan Wirfs actually had a defender passed off to him and he was doing his best to hold him back but Baker couldn't step into the throw which is why it fell way short of Devin Tompkins but even so he wasn't open the move was to dump down kick the field goal and that was part of again Dave really not having great play calls to start where the dump down and the few yards you're gonna get were probably the best. So, yeah, you know, it's it's nice to get that win, but I didn't walk away thinking that the offense solved a lot. They were just it's just a classic game where I walked away saying really loved this, um, didn't like that rushing game stunk mostly. And if they clean up this and this, they're going to be elite. And I just going back to last year. Right. It was always like, man, if they just did this, this and this. And then you have to start asking yourself, we're in like week 10 by now. Um, at what point did we just start saying this is who they are and they're just not quite going to always nail it? They've certainly progressed from week one to now, but I don't have any grandiose changes from, you know, uh, especially coming off the Houston game where they put up a boatload of points, right? And mm-hmm. and, and we're really flowing, though the, the total yard suggested it wasn't worthy of 37 um, but, you know, I, you kind of get where I'm coming at. Yeah, I mean, my argument for the last couple of weeks, and and David talked about it on yesterday's episode, is that they have to stop trying the deep ball to Palmer and Tompkins. Those passes need to go to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and, and David brought out a stat on yesterday's episode that there are nine different wide receiver duos in the NFL that have more um, 15 plus air yard targets than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Justin Jefferson, who hasn't played in like eight years, still has more 15 plus air yard targets than Chris Godwin does, even though Chris Godwin has played all season long. So, uh, I'm, I, I w- just to be a contrarian, a you have to flash them vertically because you have to show. You have to put that stress on the defense, right? Sure. Um, so it's not necessarily that. I don't think it's a Palmer Tompkins issue. 
most of the time it's really been a Baker issue of connecting with them. Palmer should have like four explosive touchdowns and and maybe a little bit foreshadowing for what I'm going to say later. But I, Chris is probably typecast into a certain, he was typecast into a role last year. He's doing more this year, but he's typecast still as the safety outlet for this team. And because they don't have a formidable wide receiver three, they like to push Mike into intermediate territories. He gets a lot of 15, 20, 25 chunk plays. And Chris is going to crush you underneath and at the sticks. And that's just kind of how to utilize the best of both worlds here. And I don't know if you can necessarily do both. There was a play in the first half. Actually, it was a second drive. It was a play action. It, the alignment showed that they were going to run the ball. They had uh, Godwin and Evans split out. Play action. Evans booked it deep. It was, a, it was again, a bad play call because I, I believe it was cover two. Um, he was doubled going deep, and then Baker had to quickly throw it off to Chris, which was an incomplete pass because it just wasn't there. So – they attract a lot of attention. It's it's um, it's hard. It, I feel like they've hit. They've they've gone to Mike deep enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it just they they really outside of like those long those long crossers for Chris. I do agree that um, Godwin can do more, but I think the team needs him at the sticks to really help Baker. If you're going to have, like, in your progression, a deep shot in your mind, you have to know that that Chris is going to move the ball. Or because the rushing game is so bad, they get stopped, they have second and nine, and then they need Chris to pick up seven, so you have third and manageable. So he's Mr. Reliable. Um, I just don't know who you replace in that Chris role if you take him out and you start shoving him deep because you potentially are looking at a three and out if that doesn't work. Which is which is fair, but I mean, just every once in a while, just sp- sprinkle it in, Dave. That's all we're it's, asking. That's fair. That's fair. The, that's very fair. The San Francisco 49ers came out of their bye week determined to make a statement, and they absolutely did. So what is the biggest key for the Bucks if they're going to get an upset? That is next here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Maybe you're looking for someone that fits the new direction that your business is going in, or you're an NFL franchise on the hunt for a new head coach. Either way, LinkedIn Jobs is exactly where you want to start. It's quick, it's easy, and it's free. So post your job opening to LinkedIn Jobs. Then add after you add your job, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 10.5 point road underdogs with an over-under of 41.5, so not a lot of confidence in the Bucs, and justifiably so, especially after their last trip out there to face Brock Purdy resulted in a 35-7 dismantling during Brady's homecoming. But if you agree and don't think that the Bucs stand a chance, go ahead and drop a $5 money line bet on the 49ers, and at least you could take solace in your $150 in free bets if you're right. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Hosts Tanitra, Jarvis, and Kyle will break down every game on the NFL slate and get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Back in the win column and a half game out of first place in the NFC South. While David and I have both discussed that this game isn't actually a must-win for the Buccaneers, Getting an upset in San Francisco would be huge, both in the standings and in the minds, obviously, of those Buccaneers players. So, Evan, if there was one key that could help spring the Bucs to their first win in San Francisco since 2016, what is it and how do they get it done? Throw in it deep. You're going to have to hit on explosives. This is going to have to be a quality over quantity game. If there's one thing that the Niners have been susceptible to this year, certainly not last week um, against the Jags where they're they're all pretty healthy, but they've given up some chunk plays. Uh, The secondary has not been great. Now, what they like to do is because they have guys like Nick Bosa and now Chase Young and they have this this stout uh, defensive front, which will create a lot of pressure on the quarterback – you know, they don't got to hold you too long back there. They can take a lot of risks because the clock ain't too long. So you have to give, first off, the the, the strength of this, this Bucks team is the pass pro, mm-hmm. not, not running. So when you look at back to Houston and how they beat the Bucks, they just said, screw it with the run game, right? Like they, they barely ran the ball. They said, this ain't going to work. We're done with it. The Bucs need to do that for one game only. I, this doesn't have to be a a uh, you know long term thing. I think out of the out of you know the start of the game, you probably don't want to like fully commit to that because you don't want to dig yourself a hole with your defense getting too tired. But 
you have to be able to move the ball via the air and you're going to have to pick your spots to go deep. I think that's really the, the X factor here. And considering the Bucks might be able to buy an extra second or two more than other teams are, are capable of, especially because they really have threats on the edge. And, you know, I trust Tristan and Luke to hold their own. And even if you're going to run stunts and games on the inside, that still takes a little time to develop. So, you know, if they do that, then you can start rolling Baker out. You can really counter those sort of maneuvers, but you're going to have to hit some deep shots. That And and that's the one thing that Baker's been terrible at, as I mentioned the last, the last bit. So one thing he hasn't been able to do is QB. So to me, that's how you pull off the upset. And, uh, you know, defensively speaking, I am a little worried about how this unit does with misdirection. And Kyle Shanahan likes to go north, south, east, west, and he will he'll run it in. He'll take out that compass and he'll move it around. So mm-hmm. um, the Bucks are they they overcommit to the run. It it works a lot of the time. Uh, but you go back to the Falcons game when they ran a lot of mis, misdirection. It just it, it always screws them up. The Titans did it a lot on their first drive. They only got a field goal out of it, and then they they really ran away from it because the the Bucks were able to put them into second and longs and and kind of control that situation. So it's going to be interesting. I do want to mention because there is a lot of people are going to, and I don't blame them, think about last year's game against the Niners and maybe one of the uglier games uh, we've seen from Tampa Bay. And there's been some bad ones, maybe the ugliest game we've seen in the past two years uh, from this team. So if you go through what that team had, it was really laughable. So, just to give you some perspective, they went into San Francisco. They didn't have Tristan Wirfs. They didn't have Mike Edwards. They didn't have Sean Murphy Bunting. They didn't have Shaquille Barrett. They didn't have Antoine Winfield Jr. Vita Vea played four snaps in that game. Jamel Dean also got hurt in that game, though it was much later on. The Bucks needed Joe Tryon Shainka, Anthony Nelson, William Golston, Carl Nassib, who I think got injured really late in that game, and mm-hmm. Avery to create pressure on the edges, not to mention Nacho led the snaps from interior defensemen, uh, from interior people in the in the trenches, with Neil and Ryan paying, playing 100% of the snaps. Like, if that's not a holy crap, we're screwed type of defense, I don't know what is. Now, of course, the offense was terrible. We all remember the Donovan Smith play. Brady starts talking that ish. Uh, after a deep bomb to Mike Evans, and it was called back and negated because Donovan Smith held. And that was really kind of a, a little bit of a turning point. We also remember the, the BS roughing the passer penalty. First play of the game, mm-hmm. Keanu Neal got right to Brock Purdy, and that kind of set them in a different trajectory. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the the offensive woes, I really don't have that explanation for, but the the 38 whatever they gave up the 35 35 was it 35 7, 35 3, what was it? 35 7. 35 7, that's right. 
So the 35 points, the 35 points are a bit more explainable. Um, but once again, you go back to Houston, they run a very similar offense to what the Niners do. Uh, and they have less talent, I would say, probably honestly a better quarterback, but a less talent as far as their rushing game is concerned, right? Like yeah. Hawks made them one, one dimensional and it didn't matter because Stroud just whooped their ass. Um, I don't know if Purdy has that capability in him, but he doesn't need to do that because he's got McCaffrey. He's got this elite offensive line. He's got Kittle. There's, there's a lot more in his tool toolkit than what Houston had. And they just rode Stroud. Um, and, and he, he picked them apart. Uh, so I have to, um, I have to say I, I toggle back and forth between, um, what, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year, but I have significant concerns that they're not going to be able to generate the pressure like they did against Tennessee, like they did against Chicago, like they did against New Orleans. All all fair uh, points and, and concerns for sure. But we are going to have our first ever Locked on Bucks insider mailbag question and, of course, the weekly predictions coming up next here on Locked on Bucks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest, most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of bet- battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Price picks is really simple to play and I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. This week, I'm going with Baker Mayfield for more than 236 and a half passing yards, Mike Evans, more than 58 and a half receiving yards, Debo Samuel, more than 46 and a half receiving yards, Rashad White, less than 44 and a half rushing yards, and Brock Purdy, more than one and a half passing touchdowns. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping things up here on the WTSP Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Jarko, Evan Klosky, and we have a mailbag question from Insider Mike. Our first ever, our first Mike, ever Mike, 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 Mike. mailbag. Mike, 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 Mike. And he says, do you think when, yes, I said when, Mike Evans is re-signed, he will give the franchise a bit of a hometown discount? He wants to retire here, and obviously the Bucs want him to stay. What do you think the magic number and terms are to make both sides happy? Look, if he was going to take a hometown discount, I think it would have already happened. He didn't didn't get to this point because, you know, 
he's he's looking to to bend over backwards here. Um, my assumption is the Buccaneers are going to let him peruse the market. Now, I'm not saying the Buccaneers won't be in the running. I think they're going to give him a pretty decent offer. Again, you have at least state tax working in your favor. You also have to find out, is Todd Bowles the head coach anymore? Who's my offensive coordinator? Am I going to have to learn another system? Are the Bucs in a full rebuild mode? Like, Mike Evans is too old to go through that crap. Like, Levante David was going through that stuff, and they were peaking as a Super Bowl winning team. You know, they got Brady, and he was able to latch on. Now, I think Levante David is too old to really go chase rings. I think he's comfortable here, and as long as the Bucs want him, I think they'll continue to work something out. For Mike, he's got plenty of juice left in him. He definitely has the ability to milk out a pretty substantial three- to four-year deal with a club if they're going to pay him like $20 million per year. Will there be a suitor out there? I don't know. Uh, I think yes, but I don't know. And I would say if he doesn't find that in the open market, my guess is there would be the ability to maybe sign Mike $18 million, I think would probably have to be the number. So Track has him at $20 million per year. I think that's that's kind of the, the AAV they're looking at for Mike. And if he were to go anything underneath that, then I think we're talking with the Bucs, um, especially because they really – there's just a lot of variables in place. So, A, will he take a hometown discount? It might technically be considered that, but it's not going to be as sexy as you think. B, he wants to certainly be in Tampa long-term, but C, he wants to feel wanted. And the Buccaneers also have to want him too, considering they're going to have to realign the books here. And they have some money going into next year, but Tristan Wirfs has to be paid. Antoine Winfield Jr. is maybe going to be your, um, your uh, what's going to call it? I'm blanking out. The one-year deal. Uh, tagged. Jeez. Oh, franchise. Be, yeah, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so Antoine Winfield Jr. might be tagged. Devin White, is he going to be given a one-year show-me deal? He's definitely playing through an injury. His foot, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got like some list Frankie type thing that like Levante David dealt with two years ago and fought through because the foot's hurting. He mentioned it again in a – in the post-game press conference in ten- after Tennessee that it's hurting. So he's he's gotten through it. Will he try and do a one-year show-me deal and get that $20 million that he's been seeking? Um, all these come into play. So I don't know. It's uh, We have Mike Evans. We have Steven Stamkos. I'm very similar footing here. And it, it, it looks – from right now, it looks rocky for both. But we have to see what kind of happens throughout the season in both instances to really know whether these organizations have to tear it down or they're going to build with these pillars. Beckett asked me the other day, he's like, what would you do if the Bucks lose Mike Evans and the Lightning lose Steven Stamkos in the same offseason? 
And I looked at him and I just said, cry like that. That's all. That's all you can do at that point. You just you just cry. You, you let it out. I would say if, if Mike Evans doesn't return to the Buccaneers, the two teams that I would look at, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, for sure. Can you imagine Mike Evans? James, you sound a little bit muffled right now. Do I? Now you, now you sound good. Um, yeah, the, the two teams I would look at for Mike Evans uh, would be the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, imagining Mike as, as a legitimate number one for Patrick Mahomes, something he hasn't had since uh, they lost Tyreek Hill. And then a dark horse, the Detroit Lions. Mike Evans and Amon Ross St. Brown, like Jamison Williams hasn't exactly been what they thought he was going to be. And you have Sam Laporta, who has emerged as a phenomenal tight end. You got the run game going with Gibbs and Montgomery throwing Evans into that offense. That's that's some next level Dan Campbell type stuff. But I'll say this with the Chiefs. They they wouldn't pay Tyree Kill, but now they're going to pay Mike Evans. It's one of those, you know, we've seen teams do it in the past where they make the mistake and they're like, all right. So well, you're saying they're going to own their mistake. Mia culpa. We screwed exactly. that one up. Yeah. So exactly. they still won the championship without him. So I don't even know what they're mea culping about. Because that, that offense is putrid. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. All right. Let's go ahead and jump over to your predictions. Let's we're gonna we're gonna rapid fire this one, Evan. Yeah, we'll we're up the clock. Yep. What is your bold prediction this week for the Bucks and the Niners? Trey Palmer, explosive touchdown. They finally connect. I'm calling like a 55 yard tutty. Um, finally, we get a deep shot and and it connects. Trey Palmer. I'm hitting all the props over for Trey Palmer this week. Ooh, all right, doubling down. I like it. I am. Who, who is going to be your player of the game? Elijah Cansey is yes. the first rookie to go back-to-back games with at least two or more tackles for a loss since a guy named Micah Parsons. Ooh. He's been looking great. Todd Bowles says we haven't even showcased everything he can do. They put him on the edge with Vita Vea last week. Uh, he has been a stud and a half. Uh, I love I love him in this matchup because the outside is going to be pretty tough, so they're going to have to really work that interior and I think that's maybe where where the, the Bucs can get something going if they do get it going. All right. So you laid out the key to the game. You've talked about the the issues that the Bucs had in San Francisco last year. You're calling for a Trey Palmer explosive and Kalijah Cansey to keep doing Kalijah Cansey things. The Buccaneers going to win this game. What's your score prediction? My score prediction is upset city. No, 27-17. Uh, <laughs> Niners win. I think the the Bucks do cover. It is a horrific spot for the Niners. Okay, so not only are the Bucks uh, going to San Fran with a bad taste in their mouth from last year, the Niners have to play the Seattle Seahawks for the division on Thursday Night Football. Then after that, they have a a game, a revenge spot against Philly, who knocked them out of the playoffs last year in that building. Then they got to play the Seahawks again. Like theoretically speaking. The Niners don't give a crap about this game. They got to win the next three. So they're really going to, the Buccaneers are going to get in an unmotivated San Fran team. Having said that, even unmotivated, is that going to be good enough? I don't think it will be, but you do not get a better spot than what Tampa Bay has right now. The only better spot would be if Tampa Bay was home and they had San Fran going across the country, but San Fran just flew to Jacksonville and just went back home. So 
It's a I think we could get a sleepy Niners team in this game. I don't I'm not calling for the upset, but I would not be surprised if this game was a little close for comfort for those in SoCal or in NorCal. In the infamous words of one Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. <laughs> uh, you might have just talked me into to going upset city on the crossover oh, no. Thursday <laughs> episode. <laughs> Uh, but you're going to have to tune into that crossover Thursday as I'm joined by uh, Brian Peacock and Eric Locked on 49ers. But that is coming up on Thursday. We want to thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listener view every single day. Make sure you are checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com and on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10TampaBay.com. And join the insiders. Join Subtext.com slash Locked on Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 